I'm here in LA with San Diego's own Carl James Bunday. He's a behavioral therapist, commercial actor, and comedian who will call you out for acting wild in the audience. Welcome to the Motivation Mike. Thank you, Adam. Thank you for having me, man. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, man. No doubt. You wear a lot of hats. Dude, uh, I, I do. I actually, uh, I, I used to collect them as a kid. <laughs> no, but yeah, man. Dude, I'm, I'm happy to be here, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, I no appreciate doubt. It. Question for you. How do you deal with hearing people's trauma for extended periods of time? How do I deal with it? Um, I mean... So I work, I work behavioral therapy and, and so I work with, I work with like kids and everything and, um, anywhere from like three years old to like 20, 21, 22. And, uh, I mean, it's, it's honestly, it's a really great job. It teaches me a lot about myself as well. I think that's like the thing that's really interesting about the job is that like, I find myself being like, oh, I'm not patient. You know, I work with kids on like trying to work on like just social skills or like being flexible with certain things. And like, I'm like, dude, I find myself being like, I'm not patient sometimes. Like it, it teaches me lessons about the little things. So it's, it's a good job. Um, I've only been doing it for about like two years now, but I've learned a lot, a lot so far. Wow. So when you feel impatient, is that more of an inner feeling or does that get expressed outward? Um, when I'm impatient, uh, dude, honestly, I'm not the type of person that is very vocal about how I'm like feeling impatient. Like it's funny as like a comedian, like, like you said earlier, like when I, when I called out a person like at our show and everything like that a couple months back, like, uh, it kind of just comes in waves, but for the most part, I'm like a pretty reserved but when I'm impatient, I don't know. I feel like I'm just, uh, if I'm impatient, I kind of hold it in and I'm just like, uh, like I'm going to figure it out by myself or I'm going to try to do it. Like, you know, that's, that's the only thing. Uh, yeah. Dang. You hit me with a hard question off the <laughs> Yeah. I, yeah. I would just say, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's cool, though. I get it. Like that, that dichotomy of uh, I'm trying to sound smart now because I said impatient earlier and not <laughs> impatient. And I can't stop thinking about it. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like when I heard when I we were at the flashback show and uh, you, you were like, did you just yawn? <laughs> that was hilarious, dude. That was so funny because like that was on them, though. That was on them. Yeah. I mean, they they sat front row. They decided to come to a comedy show. Like, if you're in the front row, don't yawn, man. Like, that's like <laughs> that's like the biggest like like no no you should do at like that or like get up and like walk out. Like, that's the number one thing you should not do is like do something that you obviously shouldn't. And that guy just yawned. And I mean, to be fair, it was a long show and I was waiting just to go up, man. And like, just see someone yell when I finally got up there. I was like, no, this like, I can't, I'm sorry. Oh my gosh. So he, like, I, I think that was the fun part about it was like, he was, he was a good sport about it. I think that's what makes it fun too. When you interact with them, like, I don't mean, I didn't mean to be like, like, come on dude, but like to find the humor within both of us being there like i feel like at first i was like oh man like i might i might have just like overreached this guy's boundary but like at the same time i was like okay he's laughing like it's fine we're good we're good on the same page like that's kind of the fun part about yeah. comedy yeah no you're totally allowed to get up there and be a nutcase it's fine yeah <laughs> <laughs> where else would that be acceptable right <laughs> dude I don't, 
a lot of places, right? Like, well, you could be you could be a nutcase, like uh, you can be, but there parks. will be like repercussions. <laughs> there's a lot of nutcases at the park, man. You go to the park lately. There's a bunch of nutcases. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. But their lives are sad. Ah, oh, dude. What? What about LARPing? I think LARPing's oh. cool at the park. Oh, okay. Right? You got like defensive about it. I didn't even say anything negative. <laughs> what about LARPing? You're like, what about it, man? It's not. It's fine. <laughs> I didn't even attack it. Like for all you know, I literally LARPed in my free time. <laughs> have you Have you ever LARPed? I haven't. No. I'm trying to remember. I had like some script I was working on, and it kept talking about LARPing. So I went down the rabbit hole. I was like, "What is LARPing?" Like, so I watched all these videos. I was like, "Okay." All right. I like LARPing, man. I remember my senior year of high school, like they were like, wow, we're going back in time. But like my senior year of high school, I remember uh, they were like talking about senior pranks. Did your high school have that like a like a senior prank that you guys would do as seniors? That's a good question. I feel like there was. I feel like there was something with Silly String. It was silly something string. super yeah. corny. That's like, a, that's usually a go-to is Silly String. Dude, I wanted to do LARPing at lunch. <laughs> I wanted the full like senior class to do LARPing in like the like lunch area and it got shot down. And you want to know what the backup was? They wanted to do a snow day and just get a bunch of cotton and throw it on the ground and say it was a snow day. And I was like, that is dumb. I was that like, it's pretty dumb. We could have LARPed and like <laughs> just gone full out like balls to the walls yeah. hitting each other and we didn't. You oh know? my god! Do you have a character that you like to play when you do this? No, but dude, I d I definitely would have thought out like the coolest character. Like I think I had like I think I had Viking horns and like a fur coat like picked out. Like I was gonna wear like like uh like cut off jeans with like a Viking. I was gonna look like the dude who like broke into the freaking uh what's it called into the Capitol. Like that was gonna look like that. I was gonna look like that dude. Like you know like minus the racism. I was gonna look like that guy. Um, but yeah, dude. And we didn't do it. And I was like, that is that's so dumb. That's so dumb. All right, nothing about my. <laughs> <laughs> so how you cope with hours of trauma? <laughs> how many sessions do you usually have back to back? Um, typically, I the most I have is three in a day, three sessions in a day, okay. and they can go anywhere from like yeah, like an hour thirty to like four hours. Um, so that that can pretty much take up my whole entire day. So like eight thirty to you know sometimes seven o'clock at night. Um, but yeah, yeah. It takes a pretty good chunk of my day. Do you do anything to decompress afterwards? Afterwards? Oh yeah. Comedy. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. kind of unwinds you, right? Yeah. I, it's, it's definitely an escape. Um, it's, I, I made a joke like last week at, at a mic uh, I did at the fourth wall. I was like, I was like, oh man, like it's nice to be here. Like, which is so funny to say when you go to like some of these comedy like spaces, cause like they're not the most positive areas like they really like you know what i mean like they're not like somewhere you think you'd want to go like it's next to a 7-eleven with like two homeless dudes out front and there's rats everywhere like you know what i mean but for us like as comedians like that space is a release for us like it's it's kind of like a sanctuary like a good place to just let it out you know but yeah <laughs> that's typically my release is that and uh i guess I mean, anything else I do, I, I, I guess eating. I like eating. That's a good stress relief for me. It's <laughs> eating food. Emotional eating. 
uh i would say i would say dude i'm 100 percent an emotional eater like I, I think i'm pretty good about it but like that ben and jerry's chair garcia that's like my what's what's your ben and jerry's damn I've been on a health kick right now. I'm okay. literally reading a book called Cleanse to Heal. Uh-huh. So this is like the opposite. You're like damaging <laughs> the work I've done. Well, like uh, cookies and cream. Cookies I mean, cream? I don't know what the Ben and Jerry's version of that is, uh, but I think I think their version is like I don't think they have cookies and cream, but they have like a I think it's mint. Mint cookies and cream is what they oh, have. Interesting. Yeah. So you know how there's mics that are more intense where people are like looking at you what the fuck you got for me yeah versus the mics where everyone's like yay go you we are here to support you what do you prefer um dude i don't i don't know man because i think the thing that's tough about doing open mics is that you're trying to find what works at the same time so like if you want to just feel good like then you want the yay but like that doesn't really help you as much because you're, if you make a comedian, like if, when you go to the mics and they're like, you know, all stiff faced and like, you got those guys that are like looking on their phones and like, they've been to thousands of these. They don't give a rat's ass about you. They really don't care about you. It's so good when you have those like stiff neck shows or, or like open mics and then you, you're doing your material and you do get laughs that feels really good. I think that's the best feeling. But when you get the, like the supportive ones, they're fun, like they're great. But I it, like you still don't know if your material is like doing the trick. You know, like I, I guess that's that's the only thing that I could say. Because like then I'm like, are they just supporting me because they're supportive, or are they supporting me because my t- my material is like actually like hitting a you know, punch like the punchlines working or like that kind of thing. Yeah. You know, like that's always a tough thing, but I will say the stiff neck ones after when you're done and nothing lands, you want to jump on a highway and just <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what you want to do. It's so, it's so defeating. I don't, what do what do you think? Yeah. That's so interesting. I'm psychoanalyzing you. Cause you said jump on a highway. That's so interesting because usually I hear like jump off a bridge or something, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you're like, no. like, I'm imagining like you're, you're like on the side of the highway and you're like, I need to like jump in. <laughs> I have to shout out my sister because, uh, my sister is my biggest, uh, critic when it comes to this. Like I, I always mess up expressions. So like like things that people say like uh what's like uh like a fish out of water uh-huh. like that like things of that nature I mess up so much that's like my weakness like that's my kryptonite cuz for some reason I always do it where I'll just say the wrong thing and like or I'll say it a little bit different and so I'll be like huh why like why did you say it like that yeah so now I'm just envision just envision me on the highway and I'm just jumping up and down. That's all I'm doing. That's all I'm I'm not jumping off a bridge. Therapists like I, I, people have emotions and they and they feel them. So like I think at the very heart of it it's it's okay to talk about our feelings. I have a lot of kids that we talk about our feelings and expressing them and being like I feel angry like i feel yeah. sad like it's good to express those emotions and talk about how you feel yeah um, 
And it's good to just be aware of that too, because like, for example, I know we're joking about it, but it is a real feeling. I feel like those, those nights when you go to those really tough mics yeah. and people don't want to hear your shit and you, you come off there like, fuck, like you're kind of in a dark space. And like, yes. if you're aware of that, you can kind of deal with it better versus not acknowledging it and trying to yeah. push it down and be like, it's not happening. I'm fine. Yes. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's the, the fun part of like, like I, I, I'm so new to comedy. Like I've only been doing it for a year, but like, I think that's been the really fun part and the greatest like reminder, like lesson is like not falling into the, those kind of mics where you're like at that mic and you're like, Oh, well nothing's hitting. I'm just going to give up. Like I've had times, uh, honestly, one of the greatest lessons, uh, I got like early on from a fellow comedian. Um, I don't know. Do I shout him out? Should I just shout, shout him? him out? Yeah. I'm a shout him out. Cause uh, honestly, like I, he's, he's like, he, he's just a, he's a good guy and he, he does care about a lot of the comedians and what they're doing. So he, his name's Mike Sasson and you've probably seen Mike. Uh, but I remember it was like, I don't know, like my third or fourth month in the comedy. And, uh, I was just like, I, I just forgot my punchlines. Like I got up there and like, I wrote all these new bits and I was excited about them. And then I got up there and I like, just like messed up one of my bits, just one of them. And I just like, kind of was like not feeling it. I, I it was weird. Like you, you, you have those moments where you're up there and you just don't feel it. Like, yeah, yeah of like course. you just, you're just like, ah, I have, I don't, I give up. It was weird. I was just like, I give up. And that's usually not who I am as a person, but that moment I gave up and I gave my time back, you know, to the mic and I walked off and I remember I came, I came out of the, out of the venue and, uh, he walked up to me and he goes, dude, don't ever do that. Like, mm. don't ever give your time like back to the mic because in those three minutes or one second, like you can find something, you can find something. And I was like, I, and it's, it's crazy. Cause like, I still sometimes will do it. And I always think of him saying that. And I'm like, and it reminds me like, ah, like that extra second or that extra, it, it it's our money. It's our time. And it's that time that we could find something, you know, which, which can make us better when we're at those shows. And maybe we are with our backs up against the wall with a tough crowd. Like, uh, example like helped me I had a show at the haha ha, and I I'm telling you like my first three minutes like horrible like no connection with the crowd nothing and I was like man this stinks and I'm like kind of reading the room and I just stopped my bit I stopped my bit because I was like they don't like any of this I think I was talking about baseball and I was like none of these people care about baseball so I stopped it and I I, I read the room and I basically just talked about how no one cared. And I was like, none of you guys care about this. And then I went into, instead of focusing on my material, I just went on to like self-deprecation mode where I was just like, you know, when you, you get to a point where you're like, no one wants to hear about this. Like, so you go to self-deprecation and that was what worked. That was my connection to the audience was, oh, we're both in on this joke because I am doing terrible. I'm not connecting with you guys. So I went to that mode and that was also like a good point where I learned from back then, like those seconds, you don't give back. Like 
use those seconds, use that time up there and find it, take that breath, take that space. And like, so my first three minutes to my next three minutes were completely different or my first three minutes crickets. And then like the next three minutes, it was like, everyone's laughing. We're having a good time. And I didn't want to jump on the highway. (laughs) Great. Love that you didn't feel that way. So this is the motivation, Mike. So I'm going to ask you about, Mm -hmm. Stand-up comedy is one of the hardest things Mm -hmm. a person can pursue, right? Yeah. I think even in just in terms of not even just like career-wise, you know, I'm thinking more of the craft. When I say it's one of the hardest things, I'm thinking more of the craft. Obviously, it's not super easy to like break into the business and everything. We we already know that. We signed up for that. It's fine. (laughs) We'll be fucking fine. (laughs) We're going to make it. Yeah. Nobody else. No. <laughs> but uh, the craft, you know, it's just, it, it's such a brutal art form. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's interesting that people like us are motivated by that. Like rather than being like, for example, that terrible night where you were like, oh my God, like this felt so awful, right? Yeah. You're motivated to be like, I'm going to figure out how to get them. How am I going to get those people to laugh? And they're trying so hard not to like me. Yeah. What do you think? keeps you going with that uh i feel like it's just who i like who i am as a person like i i feel like most of us uh we and it doesn't matter when you figure it out or who you identify as but i feel like always as a kid i was always trying to make people laugh like my friends, my family, like you look at my home videos, I'm always doing something ridiculously goofy and that's just who I was, you know? So I got to high school and it was the same thing, you know, it was the same thing, but I, I always had this passion to like want to do comedy. You know, I, I feel like all of us had parents. If, if we got into comedy in some, some shape or form, we all had parents that like gave us the like SNL, you know, like best of tapes, you know? So like when I was a kid, my parents got me like the best of like Chris Farley and the best of like Will Ferrell. And like, as a kid, you're watching that. You're like, Oh, that's what I like doing that. They're doing it so good. And they're making so many people laugh and they're doing it on this big, cool stage. And they have these crazy characters and they got to, they get to do that every day for their like life for their job, you know? And I feel like as a kid, that was always so exciting to me. And I just get this, like, it's this weird high when you are connecting with others and laughing. It's, it's, there's nothing other, how, I don't know how to explain it, you know, like. Yeah, yeah, it was so interesting. Uh, yesterday I went to uh, the West Side Comedy Theater in Santa Monica. Beautiful. Great place. It's such a great venue. And, mm. you know, obviously I live far as hell from there. <laughs> <laughs> so it was high. It was very stressful getting there <laughs> and parking and everything. But I was sitting like a uh, stage left. And then mm. next, next to that was where the comedians like walk off into the green room. So I could see all the comedians uh, at that when they're finished their set and like walking yeah. off. And, uh, you know, because... Uh, 
there's more of a pathway there uh, as far as like it takes longer to get to the green room is what I'm trying to say. Like you mm -hmm. can see them from the state, from the audience and stuff for longer. Yeah. And one thing I noticed, and uh, maybe this is just me being a creep, but they were they I could just see like the they when they were done their sets, mm -hmm. they would laugh and like smile to themselves. Yeah. After they were finished. And I was like, that's the joy yeah. of being of being a comedian. Is like, cause they, they know it's like, you know, oh, it's over, but I got to, I got to let it out. You know, yeah. I got to say the things I wanted to say and do it and have joy, bring people joy. It's, it's a release because it's, it's a great point that you just made. Cause it's like, as a comedian, you, you view life like so much different. Like you, you see things in a, a different lens, I, I would say. So like, when you're going about your day, you're always trying to find the joke in something. It's weird. It's, but it's like, it's like our coping. It's like how we cope with things is comedy. I guess, I guess that's another, uh, where do I, where do I put that emotional, you know, uh, whatever it may be. Like I cope through comedy in a way, you know, so that going to that mic is that stress reliever is that coping. And, it's cool because as, as comedians, we always are looking at things as like, where's the joke in that? You think of like the greats and like, you think of like all these like guys, like, uh, the, like Chris rock and stuff like that. Like those guys, they look at like, they could find an object in the room and you're like, make a joke about it. And like, they can, because that's what their whole life has been is finding the joke in everything. You know, and what a beautiful way to look at life when you're constantly just trying to find humor in it, you know? When you're working with clients, do you ever think of that? Like you're hearing somebody mm -hmm. and then you're kind of like toying with it. Like this could be a joke or something like that. Uh, I, I, oh, yeah. I mean, like there's there's so many kids that I, I work with and and the saying which i'm gonna get right is kids say the darnest things mm -hmm. and they do they just yeah. do and i i have like friends who i mean so many com comedians are substitutes you know and like those stories are great like my mom's a teacher like my mom tells me the funniest stories. she told me she told me this story about uh these kids at her school that were vaping and they were like in the third grade like that's you can find the humor in it like yeah it's like oh my god they're third graders they shouldn't be vaping but at the same time you're like they're third graders and they're vape like there's humor in it there's a joke there yeah and it's just our way of looking at things you know yeah i work with youth too mm -hmm. so i work with kids from the age of I'm trying to think like the youngest 13 mm -hmm. all the way up to 22 23 years old yeah yeah so yeah, like you get it. Like you understand like when you're working with kids, like they they just and they say what's on their mind. Like they they just say it. And that's the difference between like them and like us as adults is like we we kind of we filter things, you know, but kids they just say what's on their mind. Like it's I was I was doing a I was doing a case and there was a substitute teacher and he was talking with me. And he was talking about his son, who's like eight years old. And he's like, yeah, he's like, my kids the other day, he was like, we're laying, we're just watching like TV and stuff, just chilling on a Saturday. And he goes, dad, who made God? 
and, and his reply was, damn, that's a good question. Yeah. You know, because it's like kids just say what's on their mind. They just they think the craziest things where like we have these thoughts. We have these thoughts where we're like, oh, yeah, like, yeah, who made God? And then we're like, what am I going to make for dinner tonight? Like, that's how we are. Like, we have these deep crazy not crazy but these deep intellectual thoughts and then we just like skip right because we're like all right i gotta pay the bills you know whereas like a kid a kid has their mind is just so open to all these things you know and yeah man that they say that kids say the darnest things they really do so do you feel like you have to be kind of neutral with them or because they're kids you can kind of let out and have fun that type of thing um i tr- for for me i try to have as much fun as possible like with the kids that i work with I, I especially like i mean every case is different every case is different that you work with with kids but for the most part you try to find the joy and fun and everything so i try to use like that behavioral momentum to try to get a kid motivated to do like the most simple tasks like and and for and for them it may you know it it may for other people it may seem so simple but for them it's a big task and we like to use that momentum so uh, like an example today like I, i tried to get a kid to go to the bathroom like i pretended that this yoga ball was a fireball and he it was going to like burn his shoes and if we didn't put on our shoes in time, the fireball was going to get it. Like, it was just like this game. Like, you play these games to use this momentum to get this kid to go do these things. And that imaginary play or that kind of, like, momentum, like, motivates a kid to be like, oh, I got to I gotta get my shoes. I got to put them on before yeah, you, you know. that's so cool. Like, yeah. I love how it just translates because it's like yeah. that skill is useful in improv, in acting, in stand-up, yeah. in therapy, like, wow you know that's amazing and that's and that's also so much the reason why like i also love love improv like it's been such a great tool to have like because i i didn't start with stand-up like i started with improv like that's what i started with you know like and it's a good tool also when you are on stage and your back's up against the wall because sometimes those little like improv you know, uh, ideas start popping in. You're like, okay, well I got to improv something here. Like I got to make something do. And, uh, it helps so much with kids so much when you're working with them, because, uh, if you're hanging out with a kid and you're just sitting there and you're just talking to them, you know, you like, uh, what do you, what do you want to do today? Like they're not, excited you know but if you're like hey man like dude it's so good to see you wow like dude your shoes are awesome man like hey i was thinking we could play like you know superheroes or something today like they're like yeah like yeah let's do that they get excited but if you like talk to them you're just like hey like how's it going you're right how's your day like it, it they're not as excited they're not as invested in in hanging out with you so So the severity of cases, like, Mm -hmm. does it range a lot? Um, yeah. I I mean, for like, for, for the most part, like some cases, it depends, you know, like some cases can be like, I'm, I'm trained in ABM. 
Um, so I, I work with like, that's typically for kids who have like more aggressive behaviors. Okay. What is ABM? ABM is, oh my gosh, now I'm blanking on it. ABM is applied behavior management. Okay. I swear if I got that wrong, I'm going to be so upset. Uh, applied behavior management. I don't, I need to double check that because if I get this wrong, the ABA world will kill me. Um, cause ABA is applied we behavior look analysis. Up. Yeah. Let's see. Where's my phone? Let's see. ABM training. What is ABM? I swear if I got this wrong. Let's see. It's I'm I feel like in my gut We're I'm like, judge your self-worth on this. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> I feel like I got this completely <laughs> wrong. The fact that I've had two years of training in this. And I let's see, ABM training. Let's see what it stands for. <laughs> I I feel like I got this wrong. Let's see. Um a B M training. This is a great part of the podcast. Right. We're just when we're looking up what ABM stands for to see if Oh my gosh, never mind. What is so it? So it is the Anat Banyal method. Okay. You would have sold me though. I would have you know, believed I that. I could have I could have just said that, but like the like the real person in me, I'm like, ah, uh, like that would be so bad if I said, you know, what I do and then I don't get it right. So the Anat Banyal method is what it is. And that's an approach that you use for kids with aggressive behaviors. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I'm, I'm confused. Like talk me through mm -hmm. a little bit about the route to therapist. Like were you, well, okay. before I make presumptions, you just yeah. tell me. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, so at the time when, so I was 23, I just graduated college. Um, I, well, I guess I, I applied before I graduated, but I was, it was weird. It was like first year out of the, you know, I mean, we technically we were still in the pandemic. But it was like my first year of like being, you know, ready to graduate. Like I was, you know, didn't have a, any idea what I wanted to do. Like I had an idea, I, I went to school for film. So I wanted to go that realm. I wanted to do the whole PA thing and like work my way up. But at the time Hollywood was still shut down. And so there was like, the only thing you could apply for was being an intern and they don't pay you anything. And I was like, well, I can't financially do this. My parents are not going to help me whatsoever. So I was like, what am I going to do? I knew my back in the back of my head, I was like, oh, so I want to work with kids. Like I played college baseball. So I was like, oh, I could coach baseball or I could do something like that. I was trying to find some form of money, you know, just to be able to have a job out of college. And uh, both my sisters, they worked uh, in uh, ABA. So both of them worked with kids with autism. And I was like, <sighs> I've always been told by them, like, you know, since I was like, 18 they were like oh you should check it out like you should try it but I was always busy with baseball and I was like ah like I, I, I don't I won't have time because I was focusing on baseball and then like finally I was like ah like I want to try this I want to give this a try I like kids I love like working with kids I want to do something like coaching or something like that and uh I applied in May uh got accepted and I gotta you know start my training and everything and I've been doing it uh come may two years um but just like my sisters like hearing how much it's impacted my sisters um and just really give them like a new perspective on life it's been really cool just to be like 
experiencing that myself. And it's something I think we all share like as siblings and it's, it's fun to kind of just talk about our experiences or like just feeling like, you know, I, I am making an impact, um, you know, for these kids and for these families. It's, it's been really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're a role model for them Mm -hmm. too, you know, and in some cases you might even be like kind of a, standing father type of thing no not as no not not a standing father not nothing like that i we try to keep it very like like when we talk to our kids like it's it's like i'm i'm your therapist and they they understand that as well that's what we always try to make it seem like we were like you know sometimes you get kids and they're like you know oh like you're my friend and everything like that. And it's like, we, we can't do that. We have to be like, I'm sorry. I'm your therapist, but I'm, I'm here to hang out with you and have a good time and we're going to have fun, but I'm your therapist. Like we have to express that because that's not what we want is having someone thinking that you are a father figure or anything like that. Because, you know, if I'm gone, like, you know, that's the, that's the other thing is like, we don't hang out with, kids uh for like long you know durations so like we have this thing where it's like every three months we kind of rotate out um you know so that the kid doesn't become dependent yeah on you or too comfortable because we want them to have that flexibility of being able to handle like you know other therapists coming in and 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 so that they can have those skills when they go out into you know school or the community where they can be able to have that flexibility to talk to other people or to you know just deal with everyday you know activities in life with other people um so that social flexibility aspect is good so definitely not father figure at all but yeah (laughs) i'm learning how to be a better life coach (laughs) this is all news to me (laughs) oh my gosh Oh my gosh. Yeah, no, definitely. That's the other thing. It's so funny is, uh, so like all these, uh, so many of my coworkers, one of my coworkers, they were like, they're like, Oh, like they're like, we're seeing like the dad in you. And I was like, stop, like, don't say that. Cause I, that's all my friends growing up, like in college and everything. They always like, my nickname was like in college was like dad. They'd always call me dad. That was just, and I don't know if I just have like a fatherly, you know, identity or like, that's how people feel around me. Like I'm a dad and I, I, yeah. I mean, that's a good thing for dating. Is it? I don't know. Like, I don't know if that's, a, is that a good thing to feel like a dad? Well, I guess normally it'd be, they'd be like daddy, but they're saying oh. dad to me. So I don't know. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, yeah. Like, I mean, if, <laughs> if, if I, I guess, I guess a woman will feel like, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't speak for women, but <laughs> like, but like maybe, maybe it is a good thing. I like, there's some women that date guys and they're like, ah, oh, like, I don't know. How would you feel if a woman said you remind me of my dad? Hmm. That's very like that. The way you just said it was just very, um, straightforward and direct. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hmm. How would I feel? I guess it depends. 
I would need some context on how her dad is as a person. Yeah. <laughs> like, is that a good thing? Like, if her dad's like serving a life bid and like he beat her mom, like I'd be like, that's no, I'm not I'm nothing like your dad. Nothing you know? like your dad. But if he's like, I don't know, like a fucking great guy and he's just killing it in life. He's got, he's got like, a four one K Yeah, you know pension and everything. Just <laughs> mastering, just killing life. I'd be like, Yeah, that's amazing. Like, I remind you of your dad. I have two towels. <laughs> that's a bad thing wow. yes. okay. <laughs> i have one well do you actually have one no i have a backup but it's like it, it came with the place and it's not really my style no. wait you actually dude i will lend you a towel do you need a towel well i mean yeah actually can you wait i'm serious i dude i actually have like that's like one thing i think i'm i'm very proud of is like i have I have like 10 towels and to be fair, I don't know where I got, I think I got like maybe two or three from my parents, but I think I like the others. I have no idea where I got them from at all whatsoever. I don't know where my towels. So they're from. like mix mix. What do you, how do you say it? Mix matched? Yeah. They're like not color coordinated, you know, like they're not <laughs> color coordinated at all. Like I have like, I have like a pink towel. I have like a blue towel. I have like gray and tan. Like they're just all, you know, that's how you know you make it in life or like you've you've been, you know, successful is when all your towels are the same type of towel. You know? That's that's like living the life. That that would be impressive. I mean, like where you don't even use most of them, most of them are just collecting dust, but if you ever had like a big like a get together like a shower party. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I got a new shower head. Everybody. Who's daddy? Who's daddy? <laughs> you should just start a cult, man. You should just start a cult. Oh my gosh. Don't tempt me. Don't tempt me. It, we're in the valley, man. I mean, you know, like one in five people in Los Angeles are thinking of starting a cult. Like, yeah, that's, it's true though. It's scary, but it's true. You have a good personality for starting a cult. Right? <laughs> I, do I have leadership qualities that <laughs> Yeah, you're just like you're a convincing guy, you know, like you just like explain things. You're like it's like funny but logical at the same time like people can get on board. <laughs> You know, dude, I wish, I wish that happened more when I was on stage. Yeah. <laughs> I wish, I wish I was able to convince more people to laugh. Like, but you're funny, dude. Dude, I, that's, I think that's the thing. Uh, I was talking with my roommate, shout out Dayton, Rolla Lazo. Um, my roommate, uh, we, we, we just get on these like deep, when you live with comedians, majority of what you talk about is comedy uh, no, I guess we, 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 we do talk about other things, but like we, we talk a lot of comedy. So sometimes we just get in these deep like talks about where we're at currently, how we're feeling about our bits. And, uh, I think we, we talked about how, like, I, cause he's, he's been doing it for like two and a half years now, I want to say. And, uh, he's actually who like first invited me to like, go do like an open mic. Um, and so like, we we realize in comedy we're like at this stage where it's like dude we're so young like it takes so much time to find i guess what a lot of comedians say is like your voice you know like to try to find your voice in comedy and uh i think that's where i'm like i'm kind of like i'm still finding it i'm trying to find what's my funny you know because i think we've 
I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Not, not to speak for you, but like, do you feel like you've just gone and like tried things like you tried doing the dark comedy you tried doing the silly like just kind of punchy one-liners or you've like tried to do like the storytelling and there's no punchline or like the crap like i've you know what i mean like yeah i definitely feel like i've experimented with all that stuff yeah like, you almost have to right like that's how you start to find your voice is like you try things you just keep yeah. trying and seeing do you ever go on stage without too much of an agenda just seeing what comes or maybe having a loose mm -hmm. idea of topics and then seeing what happens you know I, I sometimes when i if i haven't done a mic in a while like i will try to do one bit like really try to do one bit that i i have and then i'll just kind of feel it out riffing i guess that's that's if i don't have anything planned for mike i go up there and i kind of will just riff and yeah. go from there um you know that's fun for like two minutes <laughs> and then you're like kicking rocks and you're right. like, what else do i what do i say now you know yeah like, uh yeah i i've definitely done it a couple times i i I prefer not to, but like writer's block happens and you definitely have to go and just bite the bullet. Cause you want to get that like muscle memory of just being on stage and like what it feels like. Um, but yeah, I've definitely had a couple times where I've like, I've well, not a couple times, probably like, you know, 50, hundred times where I've gone up there and I'm like, Oh, what am I going to talk about? You know? Like, yeah. Yeah. But I feel like at least for open mics, I feel like that, isn't necessarily a bad thing because it's like, it's you just being you on stage without yeah. like a pre-planned rehearsed thing, yeah. which can kind of get you feeling a little bit more like, I don't know, maybe who you are in your voice as well. Sometimes mm -hmm. I feel like, cause I've reflected on certain times I've done it and um, I'll like try to notice things about the, either the audience or the room or the vibe. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it'll happen where like I'll have a few things to say. And like you said, I'll feel like after a while I'm kicking rocks or whatever, yeah. but I think it's because I just wasn't looking hard enough. Like I mm. wasn't, there were other things to notice, but I somehow convinced myself in that little moment, whatever subconsciously, right? Like, Oh, there's nothing else to talk about. I hit on those two things. Those were the good things to talk about and whatever, yeah. but really there was more, there was more to mm. flesh out there. You, you could have digged in a little bit more. Or yeah. Like took a yeah. breath and then like found the, Yeah. Yeah, man, it's that's that's the other thing too is like when you when you do like I don't know when you do like I'm at I'm at this stage because like the first like I don't know the first like three four months uh like when I was doing comedy I like wasn't I was like writing everything in my in my notes but like not really like fleshing it out you know, like editing and like all that kind of stuff. Like I wouldn't do that. So I would waste so much time when I was like up there, just like, just not really hitting the points, you know? Yeah. And I would just kind of blabber. And so then it would just be like this long, dumb story. And like, uh, and I would just be like, oh man. And so now I'm kind of at the point where I'm like, I have to edit everything I do and I have to like I, do you do you do this like where you like write it out on a laptop and then like you c keep coming back to the same bit and yeah. then trying to see if like you can find I just started doing that I like when I first started I like I 
didn't really know what, how, how to edit or like how to like take that discipline to the next level. I was just kind of feeling it. Yeah. I think it's totally normal. Like I remember I would just write out like, sometimes I'd write out like a paragraph, (laughs) which is insane, you know, but, but it's not really because it's like, say, say you have, Sometimes it'd be like months later, I'd figure out what that was. I'd be yeah. like, oh, you know, because I remember I was writing about my ex-girlfriend and like religious backgrounds and differences yeah. and stuff. And I was like, there's there's something in this paragraph. <laughs> there's got to be. And yeah. Then, yeah. Eventually I found it. But yeah, I think sometimes it just doesn't come out in that form. You know, it doesn't come out even remotely tight. <sighs> so, um, yeah, I think even now I would feel like, okay, if if I wasn't sure where, if it, the mm. joke just didn't come to me, I would be fine just like writing out almost like journaling yes. about what yeah. something's funny here. What is it? There's that's probably my favorite thing is when you like, ah, dude, I have so I, now I've started doing where I, where if I just think something's funny, I just write in my notes real quick yeah. and then I'm like, all right, and then I'm going to like put that in and I'm going to write it out and see what it is. But it's great when you think something's funny, like, there's something there. Like I, how you just said that, like there is, there's something there. Like we always are like, Oh, it's funny. There's something there. But if you like, the worst thing is when you think it's super funny and then you go to a mic and then you do it and then nobody laughs and then you throw it away. I think that's the worst thing because I found sometimes when like I do that, I'm like, ah, I gave up on it too soon. There's something like, if you think it's funny, then somebody's going to think it's funny. If you think it's funny, I think there's an audience. There could be an audience for it. And also if you're enjoying it, I think that that's important. Maybe that's kind of selfish, but like, no, no. Like it's your art. Like, you know, like, I I don't know. I don't feel like ever like, I'm not comparing us to Picasso, but like, yeah, please, please compare us. <laughs> you gotta look like, is with Picasso, are you, uh, what, what's your background? You're, uh, did you tell me you were Egyptian or no? No, but no? take a guess. Is that what you would have guessed? I want to say, I guess you just did. I want to say Egyptian and I want to say Pakistani. Okay, interesting. I'm Indian and Polish. Wow. Well, Pakistani, that's, Pakistani. You know, that's yeah, close. Well, yeah, in, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. It, it, Pakistan is in Indonesia, right? Well, so it used to be part of India. Okay. Yeah, it used to be part of India, and then it broke off into its own separate country. See, I'm showing my absolute like non like idea of like geography, which I'm is like, fine. Yeah. Because you know what I, you know, I've been thinking about this too. Like this is kind of a broader topic, but like I've been trying to accept my shortcomings like more mm. and more and more. Like the deeper I'm getting into stand up, because yeah. it's just like being like prideful or whatever is like the enemy of your funny. You know, it's like when you're, when you're just trying to be cool and put together, it's like, we're, we're not, we're not really that cool and put together. Even the coolest people have, you know, flaws and things about them, whatever. So I think Mm -hmm. when you're able to clown yourself and have fun with the, have fun with it, I think that's a good thing. And that's one thing I was even thinking about yesterday. I was like, I'm, I'm not that smart, you know, like that's fine. Yeah. (laughs) Like, no, I don't feel like, like, like we like, I don't know. I love comedians when they're like, they, they're witty and like, they think of things and you're like, whoa, yeah, well that's in they they are, it's, you're like, wow, that was really intelligent. But it's like, now nah, they're just looking at something from like a different perspective. Like, yeah, you know, and just being like, ah, like, ah, like I'm, I'm a goof. Like, you know, like accepting <laughs> that is like good. And like, like 
calling back on like that self-deprecation like sometimes like that just works and it's funny and like we're able to just like go into that mode where we're like ah i i got pasty white skin like you know like yeah. that's just like i sometimes will do that yeah because it's like the only way out yeah it's like it could be considered people call it considered cheap but it's like ah but like ah, if, I'm, if i'm okay with it it's cool like yeah it's so interesting because i feel like what i've noticed about my own self is that there's certain things that i've i've grown comfortable with talking about like to like a very intense extent yeah <laughs> and other people will be surprised that i'll go there or whatever they'll be like oh my god it was so brave for you to say this thing about yourself and to me it's like no it's not like i don't give a shit like i don't really you know i don't care like i don't view that as something mm. i'm i'm revealing to everybody yeah but there are like for example um for a long time i resisted talking about dating new women and this type mm, of thing yeah because i liked feeling like oh i have that together like you yeah. know but you know over time i was able to kind of peel that back more and more and more but you know i yeah. guess it depends on the different aspects of your life and what you're exploring at the time yeah it's it's interesting like for me it's hard to talk about like it's hard to talk about like work. Like I'd like the, for me, like when I'm up on stage, like trying to find the jokes and that kind of stuff, like that's hard. Like some comedians are really good at trying to find the jokes within like the really tight areas about you know? your job. Like, yeah. Like trying to find jokes. Like I, cause I you should talk about it so much, man. I, you should, you really should. I know it's unsolicited advice, but like, yeah. <laughs> cause that's so interesting. Like those, that's like counterintuitive. Yeah. Like a therapist, who is a comedian. It's like the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah, it's, it's just like trying to find, trying to find where the joke is. And I, I, I guess that's also too. It's like, I've only been doing it for a year. So like trying to find yeah. that, like, I guess how, how you said, like trying to find the joke in like your relationships or like trying to find jokes in like some of these areas, like it's, it's, can be hard at times. Cause you're like, uh, how do I get through it? Cause there's also like, we also have these, uh, I don't know, preconceived like feelings and thoughts about it where we're like, uh, maybe we shouldn't talk about this. And then eventually you do. And you're like, oh, okay, it is okay. It is okay. We can say this on stage or like whatnot. I, I think that's been also interesting is trying to figure out what can I say on stage and what can I not, you know, like, I was very, I think, interested. I remember being, like, in high school and, like, seeing, like, George Carlin, like, figuring, I like, I never knew who George Carlin was. I wasn't introduced to him as, like, a little kid because I doubt my parents wanted me to watch George Carlin as, like, a seven- or eight-year-old. But, like, being in high school and then figuring out, like, who George Carlin was, I was like, oh, okay. So, like, comedy is, like, you can just say whatever the hell you want, like, and get up there. And it's so funny, like, starting comedy and like knowing knowing that but then getting up on stage and you're still scared to say like say some things you're still like oh should i say that especially with how everything is in our world today where it's like a lot of things cannot be said or they can be but if you do say it it's gonna fall back on you or like it can be held against you that kind of that realm and yeah like comedy is 
so tricky in that way. I think I've, I've definitely like that experience of being like, what do I say or what do I want to say? That's very interesting to me. What, what do I say? What, what can I say? What do I want to say? What do they want me to say is such a <laughs> weird, like, I know there's a lot going on right? Yeah, at one time at one time. You're like, you know, and I think that's, what's so crazy about comedy is that like us doing stand up, you get up there and like one, it's already scary. People already, that's already like, everyone's like, you're crazy for getting up there. I can't believe you're standing on the stage. Right. Like that's another thing, right? You're so brave. Yeah, yeah, you're like you're, you're so, so brave. brave. <laughs> you're so brave for getting up there, you know, <laughs> and like, and it's so crazy to think like that's. But like for us, like, like our biggest fear is like them not liking us. <laughs> like that is our biggest fear is not hearing a laugh. That's what we fear most, and it's it's funny because it's like it's half the battle. Like just getting up there is like half the battle. Now you just got to say something and like, and then may or may not, it may get a reaction, you know, like, I don't know. I think I just went on a weird tangent. People probably think I'm high out of my mind right now, but I'm not. I'm just drink water and ate trail mix today. So. <laughs> oh shit. Oh shit. So like, uh, are you, uh, do you skip meals and eat tra trail mix? Oh, I no, I don't. I don't. Well, I do skip meals. I don't really eat breakfast. I'm not a big breakfast guy. Yeah, I feel like that's part of being an adult, though. Yeah, because like no, I, I don't cook breakfast. I also don't have a kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like it's it's just like I I get the whole like it's the most important meal, and I don't get the, it's the most important meal of the day. But like <laughs> I don't know, it's just like I wake up and I'm like eh, I'm not that hungry. Like I like if I do eat anything, it's like I'll eat like a little bar. And like I'll drink coffee or yeah. like that's all I need, you know. So I guess in the morning I do skip. I skip breakfast sometimes if the day is like super busy with work. I'll like I'll skip lunch, but maybe I've eaten breakfast. I I usually skip breakfast or lunch. Mm. It's either or, you know. So if I eat like a big breakfast, then I'm gonna skip lunch, and then I go to dinner. Um, I don't know if that's normal. Is that bad? Is that it's like bad? dietary advice? Yeah. I, I don't know if that's bad or like, or whatnot, but like, uh, I don't know. I need to consult a doctor and see if that's bad, but yeah, I don't know, man. Like this book I'm reading cleanse to heal. It's, it's crazy. Shout like, out cleanse to heal. Shout out, <laughs> shout out. It's scary as fuck though. Cause they're going into like all the stuff that like, mm. all oh, this, all this bacteria is living in your gut. And then. And then they're like, for example, they're talking about like radiation, like and how like radiation what? at the airport. You know, like when you have a suit, they're saying when you have a suitcase, uh -huh. you should only keep it for three uses because of the amount of radiation it picks up from the scanners at the airport. What? That's where my suitcase is at, right there. Wait, <laughs> wait, are you serious? Yeah, like stuff like that. I'm just like, I don't, and I try to look up. You know, the, so this book is very Hollywood. Like, there's yeah. like a lot of people. There's like pictures of Charlie Chaplin in it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very outdated book. This is what you could look like if you. <laughs> very handsome man, Charlie Chaplin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, it's like Hillary Swank and all these people. You know, they're all like, "Oh, this guy." You know, so this guy's like, you know, don't trust the doctors. They're like, don't, uh -huh. don't, don't trust big pharma. 
which is obvious, right? Like don't yeah, trust big yeah, pharma. Like, <laughs> but but what's interesting is I was looking up like what the actual author's credentials are, and he's not a doctor. So I was like, what oh, are? Oh no! But I think he's legit. I I just he's called the medical medium. I don't know. Is I'm like, a life coach. Is, is I he like Doctor Phil, this or <laughs> <laughs> he's like on Doctor Phil's level, or like. <laughs> I think, think he's pretty high up there. Does he does he give you any of those kind of feels though? Like, does he have videos of him like interviewing? I should stuff? look up videos. You should watch videos of him. That's usually what my like like realization is when I like if I read a book and then I like you know I don't know how to explain it. Like, you could look at Van Gogh's art and be like, oh, Van Gogh's art is beautiful. This guy must be like so totally sane. And then. Do you like? <laughs> and then you're like, then you hear about who actually Vincent Van Gogh is, and you're like, oh man, yeah, he had a he had a rough man, like you know, like yeah. I, I think videos can sometimes help me like realize what kind of person it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna do that. What's What's interesting? The reason I give him a benefit of a doubt is because a nurse practitioner, what well, they go to school for like what eight or nine Dude, years, forever. like they're basically doctors. <laughs> like, do we even see doctors anymore? I don't do. I don't. <laughs> I like, should. I don't have I, health insurance. I should. I hope you I, do. You have health insurance, right? Uh, I'm 25, so I got literally seven months, eight months. And then left. you got to get your own. And then I got to get my own. I got to get on on my own, you know, plan and everything. So yeah. So d- can you get that through work, or do you have your own private practice, and then you have to? I get it through work. So that's oh, okay. that's the good thing. I get it through work, yeah. and then uh, I like. I get, yeah, med, med, med uh, 401k, like, you know, I get all the dental, I get all the good goods. What's so great about your path, man, is like, you're not having to work survival jobs all the time. You know, it might feel like a survival job yeah. sometimes, but like, you know, I mean, that's why I'm so grateful that I'm life coaching and stuff because it's mm-hmm. like, I, for years and years, I was like bartending, serving, I was cleaning yeah. people's houses, walking dogs. Like I did so many jobs. Mm-hmm. And now it's at least a little bit like I feel kind of more sane in that aspect. Yeah, I, it's it's kind of interesting because it's like even though what I do, like it's still it's still so expensive, like to live out here. Like it's it's still rough. Like I still got to like do my side hustles and everything like that to make do. You know, that's kind of like the hard thing because on top of it, it's like you got your bills, your car payments, and then like rent itself in LA is insane, you know? So it's like that, that, that's tough as well. And the whole like life, like, dude, I almost downloaded, uh, you mentioned like Dawak, dude, I almost downloaded like WAG, you know? Yeah. Cause that's the tough thing about therapy is that like, it's not guaranteed hours, Cause you know, you're working with families. So like sometimes families cancel and I, I don't get paid for those cancellations, you know? And that's, so that's like, that can happen sometimes. So like, it's not salary. It's like hourly. Yeah. So if, if they cancel under 24 hours, that's not, they don't pay you. Yeah. They, they, you don't get paid because in under 24 hours. Yes. That's yeah. insane. Can't you make, can you change that? I mean, cause I feel like that's very short notice where you wouldn't have the chance to book somebody else. So, so typically like they, 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 if it is under 24 hours, uh, so say like I, I reported to the session to do therapy. If I report to session, I can get paid for that. Like, but if they cancel, like, you know, if they have, I guess up to like 
you know, two hours or something like that. As long as I'm not at the location, uh, then I don't get paid. But if I, if I reported to the location for therapy and then they canceled, well, I, I get reporting time. That's the only thing that's tough about it is that like some weeks your paycheck's never going to be the same. Yeah. You know, and that's where like the like commercial acting or like doing to TikTok or like, like any, you, you know what I mean? Like any little bit of extra money I can get to do that, like to help me keep pursuing this dream is so like, you know, like what we have to do. Yeah, no, I get it. I yeah. had two cancellations today mm-hmm. for, you know, session session tomorrow and another yeah. one a different day. And I'm always like, oh, can they make this? I'm always just like, can they make this time other time work? Yeah. You know, or like today there was uh, a student who was, uh, it was like at, what was it, 4 p.m. or something, couldn't make that time. So I was mm-hmm. like, can we do 6 p.m.? Or, you know, yeah. just trying to make something work so it's not like a whole week missed. Yeah. Also, not just for my income, but also for their consistency, you know? Like, yeah, I mean. Because if they if they skip a whole week, especially, I mean, it would differ, right? Like for therapy, you know, it's like the emotional aspect, mm-hmm. right? Of like them not being able to process something. For me, mm-hmm. it's more like they're, they have specific action steps and goals and things they're working on. Yeah. And it's like if they see me twice a month, mm, it's going to be harder to, to get where they want. And then they'll be asking me in a couple of months, oh, you know, this isn't working out. Well, it's yep. like, well, you know, if I saw you once a week, it would. Yeah, you know, and it, consist consistency. It's just like it, it matters on on all terms. Like you know, for you know, if you want to get better at drawing or like you know, like just consistencies is good. And uh, unfortunately, it doesn't always happen. And that's kind of the hard part um, with these professions that we work is that like it it is uh, you know how we live and how we pay the bills and everything like that. So sometimes that can be tough, but I mean, we, I mean, you do voiceovers and everything like that. Like, and you do, you know, you do some acting too, right? You like acting on the side as well. Yeah. I act as well. Most of my income is from voiceover right now. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I remember that dude, that was like the first thing you were telling me about is you did like voiceovers for, uh, the Netflix, the Netflix. Yeah. (laughs) What's what's like, do you do any of like that kind of like voiceovers? Like the, like uh, in a world like that, do you any anything like that? It's more so it'll be like TV series where it'll be a very specific character. Uh-huh. Um, so sometimes the it might be a particular voice that's kind of fun to do. Uh-huh. Um, other times it'll be what they call incidentals, which isn't really like a very flattering name for it, but yeah. it's basically like. So say there's like six or seven co-stars in the okay. episode or whatever. Well, probably they wouldn't have the same person do the voices for all of them. But say there's like three co-stars mm-hmm. or whatever. They would have you do like the voice of the cop and the voice of the doctor. And you would, you know, have to embody that. So it's wow. not as much so like the trailer voice and everything yeah. like that. Um, and it's more so just, you know, sounding natural as if you booked that, you know, mm-hmm. original acting job or whatever. And then you were in the show. You have to pretty much think of it like that. How did you... I, I I probably asked this when we met, but like, how did you get into that? Like, how did you get into voiceovers? Cause I, I always see listings for it and I'm like, Oh, that sounds like fun. And then I'm like, 
do I apply for this? I don't even have like a mic or like anything like, like I do have a mic, but like, I'm like, I don't know if it's going to be quality to, to audition for this. Like, how do you, how did you get into that? Yeah, it's weird. It's, it took so long to break into it because I was like a lot of actors. Uh, I thought it was just, if I can act and I'm, and SAG and all this stuff, like I'll uh, automatically, you know, be in the running for all the voiceovers. Yeah. You know, I just kind of thought like, oh, you know, that, that must be kind of just like almost the same, but you know, maybe even easier cause I don't mm. have to be on camera or whatever. But, uh, it's, it's really, it's, it lives on its own, you mm. know, and it's kind of like a smaller community mm. of, of people involved in it. So it's like even it's if cult. you're it's a cult it's a cult <laughs> it's a cult <laughs> so so i tried for years man it was pathetic you know I remember auditioning for like a gay fish one time and I thought that was like the best thing in the world. I was like, I'm breaking into voiceover and then like never ever again, you know. What was the gay fish's name? I don't know. I want to make something up. I want to be like Nikki. Nikki? <laughs> Nikki. You know, I'm just floundering around here. Now now it's problematic. Like I can't. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Good thing I didn't get cast as that gay fish because, <laughs> you know, I'd be having some problems now. <laughs> what year was that? What year you were? Oh man, it's 23 now. I want to say like 2018, something Holy like that. Holy cow. So you've been in this. You've been yeah. in this for a while. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Damn. <laughs> you're like reevaluating that you're like, okay. 2018 like that's a that's a lot of vo- that's a lot of voiceovers. That's a lot of voice. <laughs> well, that's a lot of not working in voiceover cuz I mean, uh-huh. I booked some stuff acting wise like I was on an HBO show called Getting uh-huh. On. Uh mm-hmm. but voiceover wait, 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 back, was back, 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 back. What what which one? It was called Getting On. Getting on. Yeah, it Getting was on. a medical comedy, kind of shot in the style uh, like The Office and stuff. Okay, like that. cool. Right on, man. Yeah. So, even with that, like voiceover was not, you know, in the picture. Mm. And, you know, kind of like a lot of people thought during the pandemic, I was like, oh, you know, might as well try to, you know, see if maybe something could happen more with voiceover. Mm. Don't give up on it yet. And uh, I started developing just my own reels and stuff. I would just mm. do characters, just like you. I did Groundlings yeah. and all this type of stuff. Yeah. And uh, and I would submit to agencies. And I got picked up by Atlas. Shout out to Atlas Talent Agency. Okay. Shout out, shout out. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, and then uh, it was a little stressful as far as mm. like the, the setup. Because, you know, like I have these mics and stuff, but... I was still like not kind of sure about like how all the technical stuff is supposed to yeah. go. But uh, you know, once you kind of just go with the flow and you mm-hmm. just feel it out, you know, and of course educate yourself, you know, uh some people I have a friend who has a professional ten thousand dollar voiceover studio. I don't have mm-hmm. that, you know. But here's the thing, right? So you're if you're just honest, yeah. you know, you, you get with the agency. You're honest about what you're working with, you know, how your how your setup is uh, and they can work with that. And then the employers can work with that, too. Right. So, for example, I'm not booking stuff where I'm expected to record something studio quality for Disney or something from yeah. here. So. Wow. So I'm not doing that. So I'm getting jobs where I have to go into a studio, their studio. Uh-huh. Which I like. I love doing that actually yeah. because 
I, I get cabin fever. I'm here all the fucking time, man. Yeah. I need to get a life. Yeah, like, yeah, it just yeah, feels yeah. like I went out and did something with my life. Because, <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, life coaching, you know, it's like, it's important to people and yeah, it feels good. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like, I'm in my home. Like, yeah. I'm here just in my, talking to a fucking laptop. I mean, yeah. with the clients, of course. Yeah. But like, the physicality of it is just like, I'm it's here. It's a screen and it's yeah. computer. Like, it's digital. Like, yeah. So it is nice just like getting out of the house and seeing other people and, and getting into a real studio, it, fe- yeah. it feels good. Uh, so yeah, I have a setup here, and like for for what I need for auditions, it works mm-hmm. perfectly. Like this is, uh, I'm sure, a well step above a lot of people for you know what I'm bringing to the quality of an audition, uh-huh. and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with it not being studio level, but yeah. some people have that. Dang, I. You, like you said, you, you had a you had somebody that has like a ten thousand dollars studio, dude. That. That stuff's crazy. Like some people out here at some of the setups that they have, I'm like, dang, like you're not messing around. I just have like a blue screen and like, like a ring light. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's like all I got, like in, 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 in a hope in, or in a dollar and what's, what is it? A dollar in, and a dream. In a dollar and a dream, baby. That's all I got. Like, you know what I mean? But like some people got these crazy setups and I'm like, dang, yeah. you know, like my, my roommate, oh dude, my roommate, you met him, Brant. He's he's pretty cool. Like he he's a musician and he's got like a pretty sweet setup. But it's not like it's not like a ten thousand dollar setup. But like he's made it where it's like it's he's taken all these you know pieces and everything like that and made it what it is. And it may not be ten thousand dollars, but it's like still super sick and it looks cool and he made do of what he has. Like you know what I mean? Like yeah. Like how you're saying like you're like I I got my two pieces and like that's all I got. And that's what I need to get it done. You know, like, yeah, you just, you make stuff work for yourself. You know, like I don't have a full whisper closet here. So literally like there's a packing blanket over there and yeah, yeah, it's ghetto, but it, it works like a packing blanket. Like it will take out like, you know, most sounds that are in a background, like any little buzzing Mm -hmm. sounds, weird sounds. So I just tuck under that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm I'm chilling. I was about to say, I was like, do you just go like full Eskimo and you just go underneath? Yeah. (laughs) That's exactly what it is. Yeah. I have a fucking blast. (laughs) (laughs) that's honestly great yeah oh my gosh so you've been so you've been doing that for for a while and then you said uh atlas shout out atlas Atlas shout out at the agency do they like specialize in voiceover like acting is that what is that what they specialize in they specialize as voiceover agency Yeah, yeah 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 so i didn't necessarily with the dubbing stuff i didn't really enter knowing that like that, that was a marketable, like I was like, uh, I didn't come in thinking like, yeah, I'm going to start booking this type of work and yeah. making money off of that. And then I just started getting some auditions like that. And that's what hit first. Yeah. So I'm just embracing it. You know, I mean, honestly, man, like it's, it's a lot of fun, mm-hmm. you know, and it's kind of a rush and I think it's, it's good for like just practicing. Like if you're yeah. not in a class or whatever, right away, or, you know, you just, you just get to, uh, it's kind of like a cold read. Cause you come mm-hmm. in, you've never seen the script before and you're just, you get to watch it basically once you can ask to watch it twice. Yeah. You know, it's not a problem. Um, but you watch it and then you go for it. Dang. You go for it. That's pretty, yeah. in, that's pretty intense though. Cause it's like, I, I, like, I guess when you go in, do you have an idea of the character? No. You, oh wait, oh. let me, pre- let me preface that. It, you audition for it, so you probably have some idea. Okay, 
But, but the lines. No. Oh, okay. No. Do you do have an idea of the lines or you have no idea of the lines? Most of the time, no. Um, oh, my. So you just have like, so they would just be like, oh, like you get, what did you say? Like a gay fish named Nikki. <laughs> well, that was an animation thing. Okay. 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 <laughs> but like, do they give you like the character and then like a kind of description of the character and then you have to cold read the lines? Well, here's, let me try to backtrack for a second. So right. basically what makes it tricky to kind of describe this is that a lot of jobs I've gotten, it's like. I, sometimes I feel like I auditioned for like a different character or something. Uh-huh. I'll be like, they heard that thing and then they're like, oh, we like him for this thing. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I'm like, I can't even, I can't even reverse engineer how I got the job. Like yeah, I'll be yeah. like searching my records and I'll be like, cause I want to find the script. Yeah, yeah. I'll be like, let me try to find it. And a lot of times I can't find it. So I think it's like they heard one thing or maybe it was a mock script. It wasn't exactly what it was. Or it's if you read one scene, you're going to be doing many more scenes than that, mm-hmm. you know. Or maybe they, because because like, kind of like you said, the cult thing, right? Like <laughs> they might have. Um, I'm pretty sure, you know, I'm I'm not that deep yet that I've uh-huh. met a lot of these people, but you know, I I feel that there are people that are regular, like series regular dubbing actors that are making a lot of money and that they're very well known in the community. And um, probably like, even if I would audition for it, they might get it just because they're more veteran, you know, and they have more relationships, Um, which is fair, you know, Um, but you know, give me a spot, (laughs) give me, give me my piece at the table, whatever, you know, I I feel like that. That's a really interesting point that I've, I've never thought of is like, like like you said like how you mentioned it really early like a long time ago but you were saying like how small the community is oh it must be so tiny for voiceover acting yeah yeah but that's what's cool because if you really work hard at it mm-hmm. and then you get in you're kind of in this special community yeah and uh people are pretty chill you know like like the directors now will joke around like in between mm-hmm. takes and stuff like that yeah. and it's you know there's not as many moving parts like when you're on a set mm-hmm. they have they have so many things that are getting prepared before they yell action right so you know with this yes there are those things but a lot of them are in you know the studio this and that's already been set up so you know it's kind of just like they have everything there to go the director's ready to work with you you're ready to work yeah and then you're just going for it so it, it it's kind of a fun my experience has been, it's just been a lot of fun. I really enjoy it. That's good. It's hard work, but I enjoy it. Do you feel like if you went in that, like, like I, I, we talk about this all the time as like, uh, like we always do the, uh, we ask the question, we're like, Oh, if you were uh, given the offer as like the lead in a Disney channel series, but you were working that for 10 years, is that, is that what you like? would you do it? Like, would you do it as an actor? Like, would you do that? Because so many of us as actors, we don't always like envision ourselves being like, all right, we're going to be the lead in a, in a kid's show. You know know what I mean? Like we don't think of that automatically. We think of like, you know, we're going to be in a big film where yeah. like there's dramatic and maybe some <laughs> laughing and comedy. Like, you, you know, we think like that. So always <laughs> ask the question. So my question to you is like, if you were given like, that role as like a voice for like, like a show, like a kid's show or something like that for like 10 years. Like, 
but that was like it for your career. Like that was it. That's all you got. Would you, would you take it? Damn. Uh, so the tricky thing is, is like for voiceover, I get this sense that they're willing to work with your schedule and stuff Yeah, because it's like, it's you in a studio and they have an engineer and a director. So, Mm -hmm. and you're not there all day. Usually I'm there for like two hours, but Uh. you know, for this type of show, it might be longer. So if they're willing to work with my schedule and it's a long-term commitment, I would probably be down, but 10 years sounds like a long time to be on one show. Like <laughs> it's like, it's like, uh, like, cause, cause we talk about, it, we're like, oh man, like if you were on Disney channel for 10 years, that's what, you, that's what you did, but that's all you got. Yeah. And you'd be sitting pretty too. Like you might have over a hundred grand a year. Yeah. Like base even more than that. Probably. Right. Yeah. Like you'd be making pretty good money doing that like would you be would you take it like would you do it would you I, like I, you know like that's that's always the thought because i always think it'd be interesting if i don't know i i never want to be like do you ever think like you don't want to be handcuffed and be like oh i'm only this i'm only doing voiceover acting like yeah how you mentioned like you do improv you also do stand-up like i i i relate to that i love that because i'm like I'm the same way. I, l- I love both. I love improv. I love stand-up comedy. I feel like they can complement each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. You yeah. I, I, would, I wouldn't stop doing those other things. I wouldn't yeah. stop, you know, trying to widen my opportunities and things I was working on. And, you know, if something's really dead for me inside, I think I would try to walk away, you know, like yeah. at some point. Um, but I do get how things can be, you know, when money is good, money is good. For example, I used to do stand and work, which I'm yeah. not sure if you're familiar with that. Oh like, yeah. Talking about, okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Have you done it? Stand and work. Oh yeah. When you're just literally, wait, are you talking about when you're, when you're the character, but you're not showing face? Are you talking about that? Or are you talking about like doing like background? So I think it, what I mean is, uh, more of the first one. So like where you're basically there for like the lighting and stuff, like where they're like, Oh, Carl looks like the character. He has same height, same oh, skin yeah. color, same haircut build. So we're going to put him there. So when the actor's not there, we can light him and, and do the blocking with the cameras. Um, and so basically I was bringing that up cause I did that for a season um, on a Amazon series and, oh. um, and it was, you know, it, not, it wasn't like amazing, like earth shattering money, yeah, yeah, but it yeah. was good. It was good yeah. money. Like it was good money. I was doing well and mm-hmm. not worried about money for a season of a show, Yeah, you know? And, um, and I've met people and, you know, no shade whatsoever, like feed your family, you know, like there are a lot of people that are like, I'll just be a stand in mm-hmm. and like make a good living and that's chill. How do you get into stand-ins though? Like I see them posted. I see them posted sometimes like body doubles, yeah. stand-ins and stuff like that. But like, how did, how do you get into that? So like, as a career, it's crazy, man. I don't even know. Like I, it was like when I first moved to LA, I was, what was I doing? <laughs> I'm trying to remember like how I even got this. There was a web series with oh. Julia. Are you yawning? No, no. <laughs> Worked with fine. kids all day. Give me a break. <laughs> Give me a break. So I was working. I know this story doesn't entertain you. No. You're about to say, <laughs> I think you're about to say Julia 
Drive style. Oh wow, no! I oh. thought they were gonna say Julia Dreyfus. I was like, uh, whoa. Yeah. No. You don't like Julia Stiles that much. Uh, who is Julia Stiles? Oh no! No, really. Who is Julia Stiles? Uh, um. <laughs> Sorry, Julia. Very talented actress. She's uh, Save the Last Dance. Nope. Look, look her up real quick. Google it real quick. Ah, dude, so while like you're looking I, it up, so we'll be too boring. Um, if I if I don't recognize her, do I get? Murdered, <laughs> murdered. This would be a good place to murder someone. No, know. not on a podcast. Well, I just I'm <laughs> publicly I, just end it like that. I'm, I'm saying it just in case you do. So then I'm like, well, it's on the podcast. Yeah. Oh, technically, you could delete this. Now I'm giving you ideas. So I'm like, <laughs> like how can he get if away? If you were to murder me, how to get away with murder? Wait, Julia Stiles. Whoa, why has my why is my internet, dude? My Google's never looked like this. Is it? I don't know what's happening. That's uh, weird. Never had my Google look like that. I don't where know. It looks like an Maybe actual computer computer. Yeah. Julie Styles. Julia. Whoa. whoa. So while you're looking it up, I'll, I'll oh, tell you. I'm on Scholar. Google Scholar. That's why. <laughs> I was like, why does this look what smart? What the hell is Google Scholar? I was like, why does this look so smart? Yeah. Let's see. So she had a web series and uh, it was called Blue. And do you know her now that you're seeing it? Yeah. Was was she in 10 Things I Hate About You? I think so. Is, right? Or am I tripping? Yeah. 10 Things I Hate About You. Good. Okay, cool. Yeah, continue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there was a Mexican actor who was, interestingly enough, not really my height or size. Really? Which, which are basic requirements for the job. <laughs> like, like, I should have hit those minimums at least, you know? How big was he? I would just, I mean, he was a little bit of a heavy set, like a little heavier set than mm-hmm. I am, you know? Um, and then he was probably like three inches shorter than I am. So it wasn't. Oh, he was shorter than Yeah. You? And then he was also not my skin color. Like, so it was, there were so many factors of like why I should not have had this job. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense now that I'm like reflecting uh-huh. on it. But so I, did, I had no idea, dude. Uh-huh. I, I was just like a brand new kid, moved here to be an actor. Mm-hmm. You know, I had signed up to like, I'll do background, I'll do whatever, you yeah. know. And then this, I think I was submitting on LA Casting or whatever. Yeah. And I didn't really even, I probably didn't even know what it was. I thought I probably thought stand in meant extra. Yeah, I probably was like, I'm gonna stand submit. there, stand in. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, they they put me in the mix and I had no idea. Like I was literally oh. clueless. Like they were like, So you go walk over there and and then walk over there. And then they were asking me like a second time. They're like, So where did you walk? And I'd be like, Oh shit, I need to remember that. <laughs> you know? And oh, then that's whoa. when I started learning. I'm like, oh, this is what the job is. That's intense. I dude, I would lose. I would lo- if that was a if I would lose so many markers because of that. I'd be like, ah, uh, I was, where did I go? Like, I'm really bad at retracing my <laughs> steps, dude. So that seems like way too much. Yeah. For well, I mean, you work what? Like, do you work like probably like an hour, and then like you get like it's like breaks and everything like that. Long, just breaks, long breaks. Long, long You're sitting breaks. in a trailer for hours and hours. And Not then, even like, a trailer. Like you're oh, like really? behind where the sets are and it's like a dark uh, area. You're in a chair. It's kind of sad. But you know, I mean, <laughs> I remember... I remember I was standing in for him and like Julia Stiles had to come into the scene yeah. and she was the first famous person in LA that I ever came into contact with. Did you go, ah! Inside. Yeah. And then I was like, <laughs> Say something, Adam. And I was like, hi. <laughs> and she's like, hello. I'm like, oh my God. 
I'm having a fucking conversation <laughs> with Julia Stone. And I'm like, and then she had to leave. And then I'm mm. like, Adam, you could have, you could have had a full conversation. You yeah. didn't have to end it at high. <laughs> like, why, why was that the entire conversation? You're like, hi. She's like, hello. You're like, Huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Deeply satisfying. Yeah. In your head though, you're probably were like thinking of a million things to ask. Yeah, I think I was just like, I took a big step today. I'm so brave. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm You should have told her up. that. <laughs> you should have told her that. You should have been like, I am being so brave right now <laughs> talking to you. <laughs> you should have said that to her. Like, I'm so brave. Yeah. You're like, what? You're like, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man, that was a missed opportunity, man. I could I could be married to Julia Styles right now. You I wouldn't could. be in this shit situation. <laughs> you could be married. <laughs> and to be very hey man, she's she's uh she's aged gracefully. Yeah, right? she's, she's like, very attractive. She's like thirty five. I don't know. Dude, don't come for me. I, I just learned who you were. I, I like by your name, but how old are you? Let's see. You are, wow, 40, <laughs> 42. So you're 42. So you look great for 42. Fantastic. Fantastic. Fantastic for 42. Now, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I thought and she was like 35. <laughs> 42. Oh, yeah. Dang. If we ever cross paths again, I'm yeah. going to say more than hi. Yeah, you're going to say. <laughs> that sounds like a threat. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to say 42. <laughs> and then she'll just think I'm a dick and then walk away. She's like, what? Like 42. Yeah. Oh my. What show was that for? It was called Blue. Blue. Yeah. The cop show? I don't know to be honest. <laughs> You're like, I just got paid and I talked to Julie Styles. Like, that's how, dude. I wish I could say at that time that I was researching the shows I was on. <laughs> But I, dude, to be fair, probably because you've been in LA for how long now? Four years, five like years, ten. Ten? Oh yeah. my gosh! Yeah. So then, probably it's beyond you. Like, dude, I, I've only been out here for a year, and I like just remembered like yesterday because I was like trying to put together a reel, and I just remembered yesterday that I did this short film because I was like I completely forgot, and it's because you probably. By the time you're at 10 years, you've probably done so much different types of jobs and work. This movie, that movie, this show, that, like, you know, voiceover, like, that. You're like, what? What was it that I did? Like, you, there's probably so many things that you forget that you've done. Because we do so many things out here for money. It, it probably slips. You well, know? for me, it was more just that when I first got here, I was throwing myself at the wall, yeah. trying to see like what something will stick, what's going to stick. It's yeah. got to be something somewhere, everything, everywhere, all at once. <laughs> so I just didn't, I don't know, man. It was when I got here, I mean, it was all just incredibly overwhelming. Yeah. Because um, imagine I came from the East Coast. So like I didn't yeah. even... And I have no family in show business at all. Mm -hmm. So like I was just kind of like thrown into this, like trying. I just had like a lot of, I want to say I had a lot of confidence. I don't even know like if that's the right word for it when I first started out. Like I just, motivated. I felt like, yeah, I felt I was motivated and like something was going to, it was going to work out for me. I had mm -hmm. some belief that it was going to work out. And um, so I just had a lot of 
confident. I guess the word's confidence. I'm not being yeah. very confident talking about confidence. It's but. very com- it's very confident of you to move somewhere that have have you been to LA before that? No. See, that's very confident. That's like me being like, "Oh, I'm I'm going to move to New York." Dude, I don't know anything about New York. I've never been there. Uh, I don't even know how things operate out there, you know? Yeah. Like, that's bold. That's confident. Just, like, go to another place. So, for you to come from East Coast and then come here, like, how how much uh, how much anxiety did you have going on the freeways? Be honest. I still do. <laughs> I still do. I'm actually thinking about bringing that into therapy. Because, like, I felt even, like, driving last night, I was, like, anxious. I was just, like, you know, because people just – I've been through like probably four or five accidents like oh, in my dang. lifetime. And um, like one time my car was totaled by a drunk driver and like, Holy I'm very, God. I've just, and one time I was on the highway and like this guy's like, he had like a metal cage thing in the back and it flew it in my car and like, you know, in the highway. So I've seen and like experienced, I used yeah. to be an Uber driver too and listen to jobs. Yep. There but you go. so, you know, I've just seen and had so many things happen to me that it's mm-hmm. like a little bit nerve wracking. Cause I always feel like, it's like I'm trying to compensate for what somebody else might do. Yeah. And I'm trying to like get out of that headspace where I'm just like, Adam, if they're going to do that, there's only, there's not much you can do. Like, yeah. you know, so focus on you. Or you can feed into it and start road raging. See, that's, that's the Californian. You'll start, if it hasn't hit you yet, you'll start doing it, dude. I started honking this year. I started, yeah. I started, <laughs> I saw, I was like my 2023 goal is just to start honking at people more because yeah it's it feels good I'm just like yeah I'm gonna honk at you it's an asshole thing but I I like it yeah <laughs> I've had moments like um when I was driving back from the comedy store on Sunset mm-hmm. like up Highland to get on the highway yep. with one on one there was this guy behind me who thought he would like be slick. And like try to get into that all the way right lane, but it's secretly where people just park, yeah, you know, yeah. to kind of like get there and get in front of me. Yeah. But it didn't work out in his favor. So like he tried to like real quick, like merge right in front of me. And yeah. he like gave me this wave, like friendly, like kind of friendly ish pseudo yeah. wave, like to like be in quick. And I just like laid that shit on him and was like, and I gave him this, like you guys can't see it, but I was like, yeah, you stay. Yeah, <laughs> you stay. It was so much, and I was like, Adam, like you're starting shit. You're start. You're starting shit over this. Like you don't need to start shit over this. Well, dude, like, because the thing is, like, have you? I mean, you've noticed probably, but like when you don't say something, it's like it. It doesn't help. It just like makes me more upset when I. Because sometimes I'm like, I hold my tongue and I don't say something, and then like people like flip you off, and you're like, dude, I didn't do I didn't do anything like you know people just like flip out when when you're like like sometimes I'll be like I'll be like no you can go like you know I'll be like hey go ahead go ahead or like I'll I'll like move merge over for someone who's riding my butt and then I'll like kind of just like give them one of these you know like yeah and then I'll like sometimes they'll they'll give you the bird and you're like I I'm letting you go ahead I was trying to be nice and and I think it's because Californians they just automatically we all assume that it's you versus the world on the highway and the freeway. Like it's you versus the world on the road. There's like no kind gestures. Yeah. And I think it's also something to do with luxury versus non-luxury cars. And I'll tell you why, because people that have BMWs and Lexus and all these kind of cars, Audis, it's like, 
the acceleration happens so fast on those cars yeah. versus our type cars. You know, like I drive a Kia right now. Yeah. And the acceleration is not fast. No. It's not fast. But I used to have a BMW and it is it was so fun to drive because mm -hmm. it just it zips in and out yeah. and you can speed up real quick. And then you find yourself when you're in one of those types of cars getting pissed off because it feels like everybody is moving slow yep. when it's just like that's just like a normal car. Dude, wow. That's a good point because I literally right be be before I had a Toyota, I drove. Us, uh, I drove a like a little C class Mercedes. So why did why did our lives get downgraded? We dude, both just have nice I, cars. <laughs> no, because those cars are ex dude, they're just so expensive. And the upkeep, yeah, yeah. You probably like, had some maintenance issues, and then you're like, dude, I'm fucking done with this. this. Exactly what happened to me. Oh my god, no! Like I remember one time they were like, uh, yeah, we have to import this part from Europe, and <laughs> I was like, okay, how much is that going to cost? And they were like five thousand dollars. I was like, this car's not even worth five thousand dollars. Like, yeah, why? why like the yeah catalytic converters you gotta right. love them that's why people steal them because they're so so valuable dude <laughs> like they steal they steal oh, that oh man yeah dude i'm uh yeah i it's definitely sad now driving a toyota but i get what you're saying like now that i drive a toyota i'm like i'm like more like i'm more just like like trying to be a peacemaker on the road. I'm like, yeah, hey, man, why can't we all just get along? You know, yeah. <laughs> you're in the Mercedes, you're like, get the fuck yeah. out of the way. I man. was having fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what? What? Oh, you got kids in the car? I don't care. Like, yeah, <laughs> like that's it. Oh, I don't care. I, you're, you're, you're in the fast lane. Get over slow poke. Like <laughs> that's just how it is when you're in a, like those sports cars. You just want to zip. Yeah. yeah, and then especially like if you're also not a good person, and then you're in that car, it's just I it's mean, even worse. It's way worse. It's because like I like you and I like we're good guys, yeah. you know, like we're great guys. You know? so, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so like driving in those cars, like it's it's all right, but it brings out a little bit of a bad side of us. But like driving in like our Toyotas and our our uh, our Kias now, like dude, now we're just like. We're old men. That's what we are. We're like the guys who wear the old guys ruled t-shirt, you know? We're so practical. Yeah, we're very Tommy Bahama. Like, <laughs> you know, like we're just we're just coasting and going through everything. Yeah, yeah man. It is what it is, you know. <laughs> I know I have like a, a loan on that car and I've been like secretly fantasizing about I'm like, how how could I finagle like paying this thing off early and getting a nicer car? Dude, I Dude, I can't, I can't wait. Like I, I can't wait to get something that like, I mean, I love my car. It's, com it's comfy. It gets the job done. I, yeah. I guess that's all that matters right. to me. But I think being in a sports car made me realize I was like, I don't even like, I don't even fantasize about, uh, like wanting like those like crazy sports cars, like right. the Lambos and stuff. I never got that as a kid. Did you, did you ever get like, like kids that would be like, oh, the Lambo GT 500 so <laughs> sick. And like, I, as me as a kid, I was like, I don't care about this car. Like at all. I don't get, I don't get what's the hype around it, but yeah, I never really had that. I always thought they looked cool, yeah. but I guess my, I was a little more like practical, I guess as far as like, yeah, it's like I was into like the hundred thousand dollar Maserati. I yeah, was like, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Like I like that. Yeah. Dude. Like what's, is that your dream car? No, not at all. What's like, your dream car? I guess now, now I feel like it's like settling that I think about it, but I guess I just want like a Tesla Tesla. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But now, now I'm like, 
not said out loud, it feels a little cringe. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like I feel like when when you probably had the thought of like my dream car is a Tesla, like when you <laughs> It sounds like a shitty dream car. <laughs> What is, what's your dream car? A Tesla? You're like, okay, all right. Like, like my dreams are so small. <laughs> your dreams, dude. But like, to be fair, like I, I kind of, I kind of like, but dude, my dream car is a, is a Mercedes, uh, AMG. That's my dream car. Okay. But like, I feel like both of us have reasonable cars, you know? Because when you like ask car people, you're like, what's your dream car? They're like the the Ferrari six five forty five limited edition, uh, two thousand sixteen, never been touched, all leather <laughs> interior. <laughs> like, could you so, imagine the women you'd be dating right now though if you had like a Ferrari, dude? But that's I'm like, do you only like me for my? <laughs> and yeah, that would be the case. But who cares? <laughs> like, the other thing is, dude, I I just had this thought: do do Ferraris have windshield wipers? I think so. Huh? I feel like I feel like Ferrari shouldn't have windshield wipers. I feel like if you put a, like windshield wipers on a Ferrari, that makes it not cool. Yeah. Do they have they windshield have wipers? Like small ones that maybe like go in deep a little bit so you don't see them as much. I don't, oh. I have no idea, honestly. Dude, because uh, dude, the, think about the technology in the future. Like we might not even have to replace those little suckers. You know, like it could just be like one of those like scan things and it just goes down. And just like yeah. gets rid of the rain, like like a laser or something <laughs> like that. That'd be crazy. That'd be cool. Now I definitely sound, I definitely sound like I'm on something now. That like, <laughs> this guy is so high right now. I feel like you're about to start talking about like Chat GPT. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. What would the future be like, Chat GPT? Dude, before I forget, <laughs> I wanted to ask you about your connection to Jay Leno. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Non sequitur. I know. Okay. I know. So oh, he loves cars. He He's does, a collector of cars. He so. does love cars. Uh, he, he. Okay, so basically, when I got done with school, I I moved out to Riverside County, and I live with my sister. And I was like fully convinced, like of what I wanted to do. Like I had a plan, and I knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to move to LA. That's what I wanted to do. The thing was, I didn't have money, like at all. I didn't have the money to do it. And I was like, I need to find money. Like I have to figure. So, so I, I lived with my sister. I was working or things. So I was like saving up money that way. But I was like, like my sister was like, you have like nine months or so we're kicking you out. Like, and, and I, I love my sister to death. I respect, I respect her immensely. And that I'm so, so lucky that they, they let me live with them. And, uh, but she was like, you have nine months, uh, or you were kicking you out and you got to find a place. And so I was like trying to accumulate as much money and save up as much money as I can. And I think it was like June ish, uh, July. I, I like downloaded like backstage and I was like trying to do that whole thing of like, all right, well, uh, let's see what's out there and try to do things. And there was a listing uh, for this like improv theater, and I was like, "Oh, like cool! I'm I I want to I want to try this." So I called the improv theater, and it's called LA Connection. You've probably heard of it, the one in Burbank. Uh, it's like a super small like theater 
I haven't, but it sounds cool. No, it's it's called LA Connection Comedy Theater. And so basically I like called and uh like talked with the owner guy, his name's like Kent, and he was like Oh, hello. I was a real, I'm so sorry, Ken, if you ever hear this. I don't know if you will. I don't know if you listen to the podcast. Um, but like he was like, Oh yeah, we're doing auditions here. That's a better version of Ken. He's like, Oh yeah, we're doing auditions. You wanna come do an audition? So I was like, Oh yeah, sure. Uh but I also live like, you know, like two hours from LA. And so I went, drove, I did the audition where I met Dayton, my roommate, um, literally at that audition. And, uh, did the audition and then like went, I went to like meet some friends in Pasadena cause I lived in Pasadena for a couple years for school. And then I got a call that I got into the improv place and, uh, I was like, okay, cool. I'm like part of an improv, uh, like theater. Cause that was like big for me. That's like something I wanted to do is be part of an improv theater and start doing improv. And so then I kept looking on backstage, uh, and, um, basically there was a listing for this like show called you bet your life with Jay Leno. And I was like, I was just applying to anything. Basically when I was on backstage, when I first started, I was like, I was just applying to anything. Cause I was trying to get any like exposure like that I can. And so I applied to you bet your life and it was like, it was a game show. And I was like, Oh, okay, like, sure, I'll, 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 like, try it, I'll try it, and I'll see if, if they get back to me, and so I applied for it, and they got back to me, and they were like, would you be able to do a Zoom audition, and I was like, cool, and just basically want to know, like, about you, you talk about yourself, everything, and if they like you, they put you on the show, and so this is still, like, like, Hollywood's, like, just opening up, so it's still, like, everything's, like, very serious, like, you gotta wear masks, you have holding things and everything so I got on the show and it's just a game show like it's just like a you know an old game show that Jay Leno like brought back um and so we're on it and uh we're like in these holding cells with all these different people and everything and and then so you you go on and do the show so we did the show and it's you and a partner and it's Jay Leno and it's like cool but like I like you can't, you can't like shake hands or anything like that. Cause it's COVID. So you're like on your marker and like, you have to stay on your marker. You can't move. And, uh, so like, you gotta just like say hi and like talk a little bit. And that was like it, but we did the show and it's basically just all trivia. So my trivia was New York, which I haven't been to. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I like, luckily I, we did really well and we, we won and we got money and so I used that money basically to move out. So like partially I like have Leno to thank for like me being out here, which I, I think is cool. Like, yeah, that's a good story. You know, like, Oh, like a comedy a, like a comedy giant like helped yeah and like someone who wants to do comedy get to where they wanted to be yeah he performs at flappers a lot now yeah that's what i heard like he's he's been coming back to flappers and everything because you you perform there a lot yeah i I've, show on friday i've yet dude i've yet to be there i've yet to go to flappers oh, shit. i've yet to go there because it's it's right in uh an area that i used to i used to go to that theater all the time the movie theater right there in college and then uh 
like I go down at the Barney's Beanery that's over there and with some friends. Uh, but I've yet to go to Flappers. It's just I'm on the other side of the the valley. Yeah. So I'm like all the way out towards like Calabasas, Tarzana area. So it's like I'd never go out there, but I want to check it out really bad. Yeah, it's also a community of people. Like mm-hmm. you'll see a lot of the same people mm-hmm. often. You know, I would say it's a good mix of what we we're talking about earlier, where it's like it's supportive, but it's not like too much so where you're getting false feedback. So yes, it's yeah. it's a good mix of intensity and also fun. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I need to check it out. Maybe Friday, maybe, maybe I'll yeah. do like a little date night or something like that and, and, and come out and support. What what time's your show? 7.30. 7.30. Yeah, I'll shoot you okay. a link. Okay, 7.30 at, the, at Flappers. Okay. And they have good-ass food. Like the food is really, really good. It shocked me because, you know, I don't really expect a comedy club normally no. to have great food. No. But it's solid. I don't, yeah, I, I rarely solid. trust comedy food. Like, <laughs> like comedy club food. I rarely trust unless it's like a, a bar or like a pub. Like I trust a little bit or like those like nitro pubs and, or nitro gastro pubs. Mm. What did I say? Nitro pub. <laughs> <laughs> we just, we just nitro cold brew. Nitro. Those nitro cold brew pubs. Serve nothing but coffee. That's not a bad idea. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Good business idea. Yeah. Shark Tank. Well, then maybe, maybe after I finish my Colt, I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll open. You got enough on your plate, man. That's like, I'm like that too. Like my ADHD, I'll always be trying to like scheme something new or do something new, and I gotta be like Adam. Just keep be just disciplined, stay man. One like lane. stay with what you're doing, <sighs> man. Yeah, man. I need to check that out, dude. I'll I'll, I'll come check that out because Flappers seven thirty. I haven't been and I've been dying. Every time we go out there too, I don't know if you know my, do you know uh, Winnie, Winnie Chase? No. No, she's a, she's a comedian. I think she's performed at Flappers before. Oh, okay. I think she has. Um, but she she lives out in that area, like Glendale, Burbank area. And we always go hang out out there. And she's always like, we should go to Flappers. And then we always like check and then the tickets are sold out. And we're like, oh, okay, never mind. But it's always because we think like we, we go to Barney's and then we have like a drink and then we're like, we should go see a comedy show, but we never plan ahead. We like, we, we should plan ahead and go and do it. Um, yeah, dude, that's, that's awesome, man. Do you ever see Leno around or like, I haven't, but I would be more than down to just go like buy tickets to a show or something and, and go check see it him. out. Yeah. I'd be yeah, really interested dude. in doing that. Cause I've, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how old he's pushing now. He's like, what? 70 something. I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know. How, how old is Jay Leno? I don't know, but yeah, I I think that was, that was really, uh, that was cool to just be able to like, think about that as like Jay Leno. I kind of forget sometimes like that. That's kind of what got me out here because without that money, I don't know, you know, like, yeah, hopefully I would have been able to do it. You can run into him again and talk about it, mention it, you know, appreciate it. There's definitely, I mean, I've definitely heard stories from other comedians where they've been impacted by him, uh, just like either working on a show, like when they were like younger, like working as like writers on a show or like, you know, that kind of thing. So, I mean, yeah, dude, it'd be super cool to just meet him again and be like, like, thank you, you know, because I mean, without that i mean I, I don't know if i would be here or i mean i think i eventually would be here but 
maybe they would have taken a lot longer than I would be doing here because, you know, time altering and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Like it gets it's complicated. It gets complicated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So do you have any shows coming up to promote or? I have at the very end of the month, I will do Fourth Wall Cafe. Um, okay. Cool. That is uh, the 28th. It's a Friday. Okay. Friday. Okay. Um. Other than that, I don't have anything this That's month. That's perfect. Yeah. But where can people, is it, do you have to buy tickets or? Um, so you can go on their, so typically they post like the week of or the week before. Um, they will post on their page on Instagram. It's fourth wall. Shout out Joe Menente, um, the owner. He's awesome. And he supports so many comics uh, out here in LA and beyond. And uh, yeah, he, he, on on his fourth wall tv uh is the instagram uh you can click on the link in there and it will show the upcoming shows you can click on that and buy a ticket um and if you want i have a plus one so if you want to be my plus one if some of my friends or if adam doesn't beat you to it uh <laughs> you guys are more than welcome it'd be awesome i'd love some support because you don't get much out here <laughs> hell yeah go check him out very funny dude so where can people find you on instagram because i feel like closer to the date you'll probably be plugging it putting in your stories mm -hmm. all that stuff so if you kind of forget you could just follow him on instagram mm -hmm. and then just look out for his stories and his posts yeah uh you can follow me at buns 1997 uh that's b U N S one nine nine seven. That is my Instagram. You can follow me on there. Uh, I feel so douchey saying that, but <laughs> it's totally okay. Cause it's part of the grind. Uh, but yeah, you guys can follow me there. Um, whoever you guys may be. That's what, that's what I need to know. Who, what do you, what are your people called that, that follow your micro? Are they called like the motivationers or like, your, I know like your, uh, like, like Beyonce the has the beehive. Yeah. The beehive. Adam Banerjee and the motivation, Mike. I don't know the, the, the motivated, motivated micers, the, mo <laughs> <laughs> the motivated listeners. So you got, we gotta, you gotta find, you should, you should have a poll of what your, your, you should have like a, like you should post like a question of like, what are my listeners like, named like you like how you just said like beyonce is the beehive like what are my listeners named like what's the <laughs> nicknames like that yeah to find out we've got to <laughs> mind that yeah for sure <laughs> that would be really good information <laughs> and i also don't know if they would appreciate it they'd be like uh i think i'm gonna stop listening to this podcast <laughs> <laughs> but then it could be like cool because you could be like you'd be like all right what's up you could say their names, uh, whatever their name may yeah. be, their nickname or something like that. I don't know. I'm, why am I telling you how to podcast? <laughs> no, no it's, it's good advice. You taught me how to be a better life coach, so <laughs> you're off to a good start. <laughs> All right, well, brother. Well, thanks you. for coming through. Dude, of course. I appreciate it out here in... Wait, can I say where you live? Can I say? Never. Okay. No. No, because then your podcast people may come and you don't want paparazzi... Coming no, it would be no. a problem. It's already getting <laughs> coming out of hand, honestly. Yeah. All right, man. Well, I appreciate it coming out, man. This has been a lot of fun. And uh dude, I'm I'm excited to see Friday. Yes. 7 30 at the Flappers. Yes. Yes, dude. All right, man. Well, All right, I'll see you there. You. Peace out. Peace out, guys. Peace out.